That name that's above all names. That name that can just, just bring a calm in the midst of the, of the most severe storm that you be going through. Amen? I had a two-hour conversation yesterday with a young lady from Chicago. I don't normally take that long to have conversations with people uh, in that aspect, but this just so happened she tried to call me and we got disconnected and I tried to call her back and we got disconnected, so she tried me again we got disconnected. So needless to say, the thumbs commenced to texting. I am not a great texter, but I am so thankful that the phone people have it where you can talk to your phone and it'll send what you want to say, but you got to read it first. You got to read before you send. Here, now, so let's all repeat that together. You got to read before you send. See, it can make a counseling session go south very quick. But thank you, Jesus, you didn't let any of my texts go, go awry. <laughs> it could, that, it could have been bad. But I was talking to this young, this young woman about suffering. She has a lot of problems mentally. And she, her problems are very real. You see, I think we have grown up in society to think that depression and bipolarism and all these things, they aren't so real. People just kind of are trying to use them as an excuse, but it's a very real thing. And people truly suffer from these things. And I told her yesterday, I said, you know, the reality is this, and I won't use her name, but because I did encourage her to watch this message today because I had already written this prior to, well, actually, I was kind of writing it as I was talking with her. I was doing this. My wife is always amazed. She's so wonderful. You know what? Tomorrow will be 36 years that wonderful woman married me. I told her this morning, I said, you're just as beautiful today as the day you got married, as we got married. I said, your nose is even a little smaller. Y'all don't get it, but she's Italian. And if you would have known her grandmother, you'd know what I was talking about. Remember grandmama? She, this woman had a woo-hoo, a nose like nobody's business. Woo! You could do a dive off that thing. No, just kidding. <laughs> I hope the rest of the family, no. <laughs> now I've just caused a family war, didn't I? <laughs> No, Grandma, she was, she, was, she was very precious. She loved the Lord. I tell you, I've never met anybody that spoke in tongues like her. And she just, when she died at 101, they were taking her out of the 
assisted living where she was at, and all the fire alarms went off in the place. And they couldn't figure out why. Nobody said them, nobody touched them. And they got her outside and they shut off. Amazing. I guess she was letting heaven know she's on her way. The only thing I can figure. And Jesus probably needed that warning because she just is in, she just is, I don't know how to, every time I'd go see her, I'd say, Grandma, what are you doing? I'm writing a letter to the president. She was always writing to president or a congressman or a congresswoman about something that wasn't right. And it's all because they were spiritually wrong. And she was trying to get them back on track, how they needed to get the Bible back in the White House and, and all of this. And she, she really worked diligently. She got reject, uh, a numerous amount of rejection letters. You know, thank you for your letter, but we're not considering this kind of thing. Um, but that didn't stop her. Every week she'd be writing another letter to the president. They should have known her by her her whole name. I'm surprised they didn't have the Secret Service at her house. As many letters as she would write. She knew that her country was in trouble. She knew that if things didn't change, the people of God would soon suffer. Suffering is a very real thing. So many people... Like I said, they, they seem to reject the thought, but in 1 Peter 5.10 it says, But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. You know, as I pondered that scripture yesterday, as I had read it, I got thinking about what brought this piece of conversation on to Peter because he was talking about suffering. But when you back up a couple verses and you start at verse 8, you see why he so strongly talks about the suffering. It says, be sober and diligent because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walking about, seeking whom he may devour. You see, he understood what it was to have the adversary trampling at your feet. I know there are some of you here this morning that have faced some pretty hairy things. The government's been on your heels. There is suffering. Who, who can deny that there is suffering? There's much suffering today. Just look around. I, I used to try to empathize with Virginia with her aches and pains and her suffering. And, and now I know what it is to have those aches and pains and suffering. I haven't slept good in a week. I find myself on the couch almost every night. Because I have this tendency to lay on my left side. I love laying on my left. It's so comfy. But see, I have a problem on the left side now, and I can't lay on that side. So when I lay on that side, guess what? 
I'm reminded I can't lay on that side, and I'm awake with pain, trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do. So I get up because I don't want to disturb my sleeping beauty or the little black thing that sleeps down at the bottom of the bed all nice and comfy, snoring away. Yes, Bella does snore. And I go out to the couch and try to make myself as comfortable as I can. And I'll sleep out there for a couple hours. The pain goes away, and I come back to bed. The thing would be, you know that it's comfortable out there. The pain goes away, so you should stay there. You see, when we're in the midst of suffering, and the suffering subsides, we think everything's all right. It's like Bob, he turned some new dirt and they come to his house and said, you turned it the wrong way. You got some plants out there on your fence. They're too close to the road. You got a tree back there. It's too big. It's got to be shaved up. You see, and it just, just that kind of needling at you causes you to suffer. I go back to bed and my sleeping beauty, she's over there sleeping away. Bella's got the snore going on, and I get back in bed. And the first thing I do without thinking is lay on my left side. Instantly, I get back up. I'm like, what was I thinking? I've got it down now. I usually lay on my back when I get back in bed now, and, and I'm good for a little while till I roll. But why do we have suffering? Why do we have suffering? We have suffering because we're a part of a fallen race. How wonderful, I was thinking about this, how wonderful things must have been prior to the fall of man. Have you thought about it? a perfect habitation? No problems, just beauty everywhere you looked. No sickness there in the garden. No need for a doctor. No sorrow. No need for worrying and crying and heartaches. No death. So there was no need for funeral homes and cemeteries. A beautiful, picturesque place. But because man has to do what man has to do, or did, we're now part of a fallen race. I don't know about any of you, but I didn't sign up for that. But you know, as I've said so many times, none of this has caught Jesus by surprise. Suffering because of the attacks of the adversary. As I was saying, he's a roaring lion seeking to devour. How many of you are his prey this morning? Think about that for a moment. You say, well, pastor, I mean, come on. His prey, really? If you're worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ, you serve him with your whole heart. You have asked him into your heart to be your Lord and Savior. Who do you think he's after? You think he's after the town drunk? Or maybe one of the Dixie chicks down on Federal Highway? He has them already. 
He has them in their grip. He's after you. He doesn't want you to have that perfect, loving relationship with the Heavenly Father. He wants you to suffer like the drug addict, the alcoholic, the prostitute, the homosexuals. He wants you to suffer like they suffer. Well, Pastor, do they all suffer? Well, some of them get monkeypox now. They say it's pretty painful. I would say that's suffering. We've known about persecution. The persecution of believers throughout the centuries, that's, that's nothing new. Jesus said that they hated him first, so how much more are they going to hate us? Let me ask you a question this morning. What area of your life are you suffering in? You see, a lot of us don't like to talk about suffering. A lot of us don't even think this is an appropriate subject for a Sunday morning church service because we're here to be, to, to be lifted up and to be encouraged. But Jesus wants you to know that we all suffer. But God's grace is sufficient for you. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, and he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So what is he saying? Although God did not remove Paul's physical affliction, he promised to demonstrate to him his power. He was going to demonstrate his power through Paul. Think about this. This guy's in a prison cell, suffering, being tortured. You know, this, this is not a pleasant place. And here he is. He begins to sing praises. And what happens? The shackles fall off. I wonder what kind of songs he was singing. You ever thought about that? There must have been some powerful songs for those shackles just to fall off, the, the doors to come off their hinges. You see, the thing we have to remember, suffering is not permanent. Suffering is not permanent because he says, in a little while, there is a limited time on all suffering. In verse 1-6 it says, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold of temptation. So what is he saying? Well, yes, you're going to have some troubles, but it's only going to last a little while. Why? Because through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, he's going to carry you through. To this young lady, you know, I think of the conversation and the suffering that she faces, but it's, it's suffering that will only last a little while. There are promises in the Word of God that help get us through these trials and these temptations that we face. Well, we know in John 14, 1 through 3, we all know this one. I go to prepare a place for you. After that suffering, after all that that you go through, he's gone to prepare a place for you, that where he is, you may be also. 
That ought to relieve your suffering. I look forward to that day. And Philippians 1.23 says, To depart and to be with Christ is far better. I had one guy tell me that, well, you know what that means. And I said, no, we were having this discussion. He says, to depart and to be with Christ is far better. That means Christ is giving me the okay, you know, to, uh, you know, end things when they get really bad. I said, no, it's not. That's, uh, you, you have totally taken that whole scripture and you've twisted it. And see, that's how the enemy works. The enemy, he, he takes God. Who knows God's word better than him? And he'll take those words and he'll twist them in the right mind of those who are suffering, those who are afflicted in the mind, and, and take those words and say, look, this is what it says. Kind of feeding you a little crumb. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Our future is bright when we continue to lean upon God's promises. Yes, there's suffering. Our suffering, God is preparing us through suffering. God is preparing us for glory through suffering. His, how do I say, um, he is perfecting us. What does that mean? He's maturing us. You see, every time we take the Word of God and we begin to read, we're becoming mature Christians because we're reading and we're asking the Holy Spirit for guidance and understanding to understand all that we go through. My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. He's telling us, he is maturing us. He is building our faith. He is establishing us. How is he doing that? By building our faith. He is strengthening us. He is placing us on a firm foundation. Let me just tell you, if you're walking on mucky ground, I got a solution for you. Right here. If you're walking on mucky ground, pick up your word, begin to read it and study it. Because he will surely place your feet on solid ground. Where you won't have to worry about stepping in one of those sand pits. Or what do they call that? Quicksand. They say you step in that stuff and just such, and the more you move, the, the, more, the more down you go. I've never seen this stuff. Never experienced this stuff. But I don't know how far down you go. I don't know if it's just a little ways or all the way. What does Christ tell us in 4.13? He tells us in 4.13 that we are partakers of Christ's suffering. That when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. We shall then also share in his glory. You see, church, we have to stop focusing on the suffering and start focusing on the glory. Suffering this makes us, when we suffer, makes us more like Jesus. 
And we know that all things work together for good for them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. For them whom he did foreknow, he also did predestined to be confirmed to the image of his son, that ye may be the firstborn among the brethren. You see, suffering makes us more like Jesus. Now, I don't want you going out of church and going, oh, isn't he suffering today? This is a rough day for me, but I'm getting to be like Jesus. I don't want you doing that. I want you going out of here and saying, thank you, Jesus, for the cross. Thank you for those who are trying to persecute me. Thanks for those who are, who are coming against me because I have Jesus Christ, my solid rock, and I can say, Satan, get Hensley behind me, and he has, to, he has to go there. That's why I love that song, He's Under My Feet. I see people going like this all the time, and I say, oh, the devil must be after him. Pounding them down. You see, church, too many times in the midst of our suffering, we start giving the devil credit. We start giving the devil credit. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, I don't know why I did that. I don't know why I'm suffering like this. I don't know why I can't get through this. I don't know why my depression's beating me so. I don't know why this is happening and why that is happening. Listen, quit giving him credit. Jesus said, trials and tribulations you will have. But guess what? He says he's there with you. He's going to walk with you in the midst of the fire, in the midst of the trials. And guess what? He's going to vindicate you. He's going to bring you through. We understand suffering. Do you know why the enemy doesn't like you this morning? Let me tell you why. It's not just because you love Jesus Christ. He knows we all love him. He doesn't like you. And the reason he wants you to suffer is because you take a stand against sin. See, when we take a stand against sin, then all of a sudden the fiery darts start flying our way. Why? Because he wants you to trip up. He wants you to understand, oh, these people are suffering. I want you to know how they suffer. That's not how it has to be, see? Because we have the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our shield. And he can block those things. I was thinking of Joshua 1.9 when I was thinking about taking a stand against sin. And I was thinking about what he had to say. And I love the fact that this morning, as I was thinking about that, I forgot it's on the wall. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So no matter what you're facing, Jesus is there. No matter how you're suffering, Jesus is there. And guess what? He's going to carry you through. He's going to give you the victory that you desire in your life. He's going to show you how to get through it. And he's going to get you through it. All these earthly gains are temporary. 
But God's glory is going to last forever. You see, his glory and his dominion last forever. It's not a part-time thing. You see, Satan, he's only part-time. I don't want to have a part-time boss. I want to have a full-time boss. I want, to, I want to serve somebody who knows what I should be doing, when I should be doing it, and how I should be doing it, and then making sure I'm doing it in his will and not my own. You see, that's what makes me be able to, to, to have that smile every day. That's what makes me be able to get up in the morning and say, thank you, Jesus, for that popcorn ceiling. Because I can see it. I can say, thank you, Jesus, when, when I stand up. And I go in the bathroom and I look at it, ah! you know, kind of scary first look, you know, first glance, it's a little shocker. Then I realize it's me in the mirror. And then I say, oh, Jesus probably said, hey, what a fine looking young man. No, just kidding. I wouldn't ask Virginia that first thing in the morning. You see, church, when I appear and I look in the mirror, I'm not looking at me. I'm looking at what Jesus created. I'm looking at a person who's going to do something for Jesus that day. I'm looking at a person and saying, how can I serve Jesus today? Jesus, what can I do for you today that will bring glory and honor and praise to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? What can I do, Father God, for the people who are dying and hurting and suffering? How can I minister to them? Lord Jesus, give me the words that you want me to speak to those that I come in contact with. Because I don't know what they're going through. You don't know what they're going through. But what we want to know is how to minister to them in the midst of their suffering. Church, I don't know about you. I don't want to suffer. But I know it's a part of being a body of Christ. But I also know that he wants to help us in that way. So I ask you this morning. What areas are you suffering? What areas are you struggling with in your life? And have you surrendered those things to Christ? You see, because that's what we have to do. That's what we have to do. We pray for one another. We encourage one another. We love one another. Now I know there are some of you in here saying, well, you know, there's a few people in our church you know, I think we could do without. They could probably, you know, if they went to another church, it really wouldn't be so upsetting. It would be. You know why? Because Christ doesn't want you to think that way. I get upset when people leave our church. I get upset when somebody's not here because they're upset with someone else. Because I know it grieves the heart of God. Not me. I can't do anything to fix it. But Jesus can. And with Jesus, all things work together 
For what? Good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you today. Lord, I thank you today for all that you have taught us. Lord, I pray today for all those who are suffering with bipolarism, depression, all these other things, all these other mental illnesses. Lord, I pray, God, that you would begin to touch their minds, touch their faculties. Lord, let them see that you, Lord God, can be in control of all the... And, and Lord, they just have to kick the adversary out. They only need to confess that you, Lord Jesus, can do something about their situation. And Lord, I know that you will do that. I know that you will touch them and that you will heal them. Lord, I pray that they would truly understand how you work and how much you love them. Lord, you love them as much as you love us. So much so that you gave your life for them. And I pray this morning, Jesus, that you would have your way. Lord, have your way in each one of us this morning. May we truly know the Lord of Lords, that our Savior, our King, is working on our behalf. No matter what our suffering may be here on earth, Lord Jesus, you are with us. And we're thankful for that. And we give you the praise and the glory and the honor. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.